Hi, my name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I'm a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagoner, and I am a clinical therapist. And welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with each other, and most importantly, catching up with you. And how are you doing today? I'm kind of in a mixed state, honestly. I've been going through pretty intense life transition. And I had this experience where I realized that my relationship status with some of my most intimate people in my life had kind of changed. All of a sudden, I was in my living room cleaning, and I just felt like I was wearing this coat or cloak of just loneliness and solitude. It felt as if there were these roots that I used to have. And then all of a sudden those roots like psychically and physically just kind of got like all chopped away in one moment. And it was just me. And I went into this weird state of panic and, and I tried to call people and no one picked up and I tried to text people and some people texted, I even texted you this, this whole thing about how wonderful I thought you were and how much life you've given to me over the past year that I've known you. So you were trying to reattach those roots to people? Yeah, in that moment, I definitely felt like I was. For you, what did, what did loneliness feel like? I've had different versions of that feeling, but that was the first time that I ever experienced it as an acute, almost, almost a painful piercing kind of sound or sensation. Well, I also imagine someone like cutting parts of you off, like these roots and these branches and these connections. You're saying like you felt like it was like cut. Yeah. So even that, I mean, that sounds very painful if someone were to cut a part of you. I just felt very separate from all things, from who I was, even lacking a sense of where I was going, just there in my apartment. Mm. It doesn't sound like you felt like connected to anything. And I think bringing back the last episode that we had, we talked a lot about centering and we're actually always connected to things, right? Our feet are always on the ground or connected to a chair, our bodies in some ways. So it's really interesting that in those moments you felt maybe like, I, I imagine you floating for some reason. I'm not sure why, like you didn't feel connected to anything or grounded or centered. The term aloof, unattached, I love those phrases. Aloof implies this sense of, of floating, I think. You're floating above different experiences, floating through different places, different people, just not grounding yourself. Yeah, I think that in itself is hard because if we're floating, let's bring up a metaphor of a balloon, right? If we're a balloon and we're floating, we don't really have control of where we're going. If it's windy, the wind is gonna take us one way if it's not, if we hit like a branch and it punctures us, we're gonna kind of maybe fall back to the earth. So I think that in itself, there's this lack of control almost, and you're just kind of going wherever the wind or your life taking you in those moments. I think that there's an observation that you're, you're noticing in there, which is the difference between kind of a sense of solitude and a sense of outright loneliness. It goes back to this sense of control, right? Mm. There is this experience where my relationship is changing. I don't want it to change, yet I see it happening. 
and there isn't really much I can do about it. Mm. And so in that way, I felt cut off versus me maybe choosing or intentionally to, you know, seek out my own solitude or to go to a place quietly to write by myself and to experience, you know, myself. Instead, this time it felt almost like a sense of abandonment from all things. Mm. So this time you didn't get to choose to be alone and instead maybe you feel more like lonely. Yeah, loneliness chose me. Loneliness chose you and that was kind of put on you. I, I, I think it's so important to identify the differences between being alone and feeling lonely. I, a lot of times I will choose to be alone. So I'm very much an ambivert. So I'm not- Ambervert? Yeah, I'm not an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. Um, I would say I lean more towards introversion. So I recharge from being alone, from being with myself and doing things with myself, like the excursion that I went on to Costa Rica um, or going to libraries by myself or going to coffee shops by myself or doing things with and by myself what, alone. That is where I recharge and that's like my introverted side. And I need that side of myself to be able to function in society and be around people because every single day we're around people unless we're putting ourselves in isolation. But every single day I'm, I'm with people and I do get energy from people. I get vibes from people. Um, and I enjoy being around people a lot of times too, but I need to recharge and be alone. But that's the control I have over it. I'm choosing to be alone. I can't help but think of the word maybe that you create a sense of an invitation. You invite yourself to experience a sense of, of presence in the world that you're choosing. You're inviting that loneliness. So I think we can, I mean, they're, they're obviously pretty interchangeable, but I want to create that separation um, because I invite being alone, but I don't feel lonely. But you're right. In those moments when it's burst upon you, that is loneliness. And that feeling is so different. That feeling can be so painful. It can be so just sudden sometimes too. Kind of paralyzing. Yeah, absolutely. And it can feel empty in ways that we might try to relieve ourselves of those feelings is reaching out. Kind of looking at it from the lens of creating. When I'm writing, there's a part of me that has to separate from other people. I can't hear too much noise. Even if I'm in a coffee shop or something, it's almost as if my ears plug up. And when I'm writing, all I hear is the sound of words and thoughts and experiences that kind of filter, have filtered through my head through the day. And I'm just trying to capture a part of myself, not a part of anything else. Right. And I think... Because you're with yourself. Because I'm with myself. So I hear you talking a lot about your relationship and in our society, we are really conditioned to be in pairs or to be in groups in some ways. I, I, a lot of people are afraid to be alone or to do things by themselves, right? So I think that it's very interesting um, how, you know, I, I grew up in a pair. It was myself and my brother. You grew up in a pair, yourself and Alan, your brother, right? And then throughout, like once my brother got sick of me and was like, oh, I'm so sick of this like younger sister, like following me around, 
then I would branch out and I would start to find friends. I would find best friends, best friends that I would pair up with and I would do everything with them. Right. And then once I kind of, or we both grew out out of each other, we didn't see each other anymore. I would go to the next best friend through high school, through college. And then I transitioned into, and I put in quotes, the real world. Right. And then I find another best friend. And now I'm finding that my best friends are starting to pair off as society has kind of been set up to do. They're pairing off and meeting partners or getting married, that sort of a thing. And, you know, I'm finding this, this sense of kind of loneliness because I haven't found that partner, but my best friend right now has started to date someone and I'm like super excited for her, but I'm also kind of jealous and I feel lonely in some ways too, because I'm like my, my person, my, my pair that I do things with, that I go to dinner with, that I grab drinks with is now doing all of those things with someone else. So then I'm kind of left just with myself again in moments when I don't necessarily want to be. It feels what you're describing as if there's this kind of pressure or wave that kind of hits us. Um, I can't help but think evolutionarily, there used to be a time where being in groups and being with pairs meant survival. Right. All of that has changed because we have a magical Amazon and Instacart <laughs> and we have even Uber. It represents this... Con- you can literally pay people to be your pair, yeah. to come in and do the things that you used to do. You don't even have to go shopping. You don't have to go ask someone for a ride. You can hail these things and move independently. And I wonder if there's just that sense of what used to be for the sake of survival, it doesn't exist anymore. However, the, the vestige, the leftover anxiety continues to shape our behavior, shape how we feel, shape our connection with other people towards what you're saying, that just that need to grasp onto a pair, to grasp onto groups, to figure ourselves out through other. Sure. I used to always like match up my schedule with friends in college to make sure I had someone to walk with because heaven forbid I show up to the dining hall by myself. Right. And now I I finally got into a, a point in my life where actually, again, I love doing things on my own and, and with myself, but it, but it's still, it was forced upon me in some way. And I wasn't really ready for it because I still want to have that partner, that pair, because that's what society has taught me is appropriate. Tell me a little bit about, I remember there was this moment when you and I first met and we were in one of our therapy offices and you were telling me about going to restaurants by yourself. Oh my goodness. This I'll, is, I'll never forget kind this of that. Is my favorite activity. I actually did this um, last Friday. It must have been. So almost a week ago, I, I did text a couple other people. Sometimes I'll usually just go by myself and just, it's very intentional. You know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to grab dinner by myself and just kind of be in that moment and be mindful and eat mindfully and like really enjoy the flavors and not be on my phone and just be in that moment and absorb all of the energies of like the hustle and bustle of the restaurant or of like first dates that are happening or like 20th dates that are happening in those moments. But this past Friday, I was feeling very lonely. I had had to work in the morning, which I don't usually work on Fridays. And then I took a nap because I was really tired. And anyways, I was like, 
ready to go. I was like, it's Friday night. Like everyone's going to want to go out and do things. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. And everybody I texted was busy or they didn't want to do necessarily what I wanted to do. And they're like, no, come up to me. And I'm like, I don't feel like traveling that far. So it took me, it was a struggle because I felt so lonely and I didn't want to go by myself to do something that I really, really love to do. But I, in that moment then decided to make it kind of like a challenge and see how it felt. So on a Friday night at like 7.30, like prime time, prime dinner time, I went and I ate dinner with myself. Can I... I just I just can't help but observe and notice how you make what would be a really difficult or anxiety producing event. And I love how you transform it into a challenge for yourself to arise to. <laughs> I think Definitely. that's so beautiful and so brave. Thank you. Because it doesn't it doesn't guarantee safety. It doesn't go into this idea of, oh, everything's going to be fine. And I was alone and that was perfect. Right. It was more, I had to challenge myself to do something that felt really hard. Absolutely. And I, I saw myself like taking longer to put on my makeup and taking longer and like really dilly-dallying to actually get to this place. And I honestly was fearful that when I got there, the loneliness would be heavier in that moment that I would then look around me and see all of these pairs and be like, oh my gosh, like maybe put judgment on it. Like what's wrong with me that I'm here by myself and I don't have anybody. Which is, I think really visualizes and creates an, an, a distinction that that's what anxiety is. Right. You imagine that it will just get worse. This feeling that you have when I was in my apartment I just felt suffocated by that same feeling of being cut off from people. And as I texted more people, that sense of being cut off just kept getting more and more and more. So that even when you were responding to my text messages and you were really positive, it just felt like, well, Rachel's not here and no one's here and there's nobody. It's mm -hmm. such a hard feeling. And I, I get in that. Everybody does, I think, get into that space. And we can do all of those things. Like we can go out to dinner with ourselves or we can reach out to people in those moments. But sometimes we can do every single little tool that we have in our toolbox and we're still going to feel lonely. However, if we put the judgment on it, well, there's something wrong with me. Well, I shouldn't be alone. Well, everybody else has somebody and I don't. What's wrong with me? If we put the judgment on it, it makes it so much heavier. Instead of just saying in that moment, I feel really lonely and it's really painful. You know, I was reflecting on that sense of judgment that you were saying, and it reminds me a little bit of some of the stuff that we've talked about before, that idea of how we can take other people's perspectives and other people's ideas, you know, from our vibes episode and how it can kind of infiltrate our mind and filter into ourselves. And I think of just what it's like to be in a city where there's so many people. There's a poet, his name is uh, uh, Thomas Chansturumer, 
Uh, and he has this great poem that illustrates this point of how being alone in a city, you're surrounded by these eyes, there's millions and millions of eyes and how different that is from being alone, let's say in a forest or jungle in Costa Rica. Mm, yeah, it's such a different feeling. I was on the bus one time. This was the most lonely I think I've ever been. I was on the bus and anybody that lives in a big city or has taken public transit before, I was like packed like sardines. I had just moved to the city. I was in grad school. I didn't know that many people. And I was just like jam packed, like suffocated by people. So there were plenty of people around, but I felt so lonely. I felt so empty. I felt like I didn't know a person on this bus. I didn't know a person in this city. I didn't know a person in this world. I always reflect upon that first year of Chicago, that first year of experiencing a city where you don't have your friendship group set up yet. You don't have that sense of where to go or who to hang out with or like where you... which line do I take? How, right. Am I going north or south? <laughs> yeah, you're just full of questions. And recently I kind of found myself going through this reflection about how I had grown used to Chicago over time and where I was at at the beginning when I was here is not the same place that I'm at almost 10 years, 11 years later. And so I wrote a tiny little piece about that that I'm just going to share really quickly. More astonishingly, during late night walks through neighborhoods you lived in on your first year of the city when you were alone, you see the transformation of the city and yourself because old bars you frequented no longer remind you of a laundry list of dirty exes but instead you recall those as friends. And you realize that you smile on your way to work because you finally comprehend what it's like to be a part of as opposed to apart from. And maybe your poetry or writing doesn't get any better, but you'll be damned if your heart isn't as big as the Willis Tower, which you pass every day and have never visited. So I'm coming away with a couple of different points, which is that there can be kind of a distinction between inviting loneliness into your life, using, using and seeing it as a challenge or a way to embrace it and going into that pain. Mm. Yeah, it, the difference between, you know, being alone intentionally or feeling lonely uh, and really acknowledging it, but not judging it, just letting it be in those moments. And I think it's always great to um, name it and say, okay, I'm feeling lonely and this hurts. So we avoid putting those judgments on top of it and just let that loneliness sit. But we can put in place challenges or try to cope in a, in a way so you can try to reach out to people which may or may not help. You can take that challenge and go and have dinner with yourself, which for me in that moment really truly helped. Um, you can go for a walk and listen to some music and just be in that mind space with yourself and embrace the being alone. So I think there's a lot of different tools that you can utilize when you're feeling this thing. 
but I think the most important one is naming it and just letting it be. anyone that listens and anyone that shares and we are so happy that people are uh, enjoying what we've come up with so far this is mindful chatter see you next time <laughs>